0: Welcome to Choose Views with Richard Chu. Get ready to dive into a world of insightful conversations and thought-provoking discussions. As progressives, our job is to have an all-inclusive, full-on assault with all of our players. A show that will focus on moving our political, social, economic, gender, and cultural conversation forward. And all of our players means all of our players. It's Choose Views. And now, here's your host, Richard Chu. Hey, hey, good morning. Good Thursday morning,
1: everybody. I am uh, Richard Chu, This is Chew's Views, and Henry and I are back in the cockpit again. Happy to be here, guys, and uh, thrilled that we are um, able to bring us uh, bring you guys our progressive talk. So I'm, um, I'm I'm being choice. I'm being selective with my words this morning because, um, as the phrase goes, I got a little bit of a. Um, I don't know, bugging my backside about a couple things, and um, I'm going to do everything I can not to cause us to lose our FCC license today, but I will encourage you guys to uh, call in as always, and the number, of course, is seven seven three seven six three nine two seven eight. Man, it's raining. So listen, you know, my, 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 my little morning uh, weather report that I'm going to be giving to you guys every day is largely driven off the fact that, you know, I, I drive to the studio, so I'm paying attention to what's happening. So it's raining this morning. Uh, listen, guys, if you're, if you're commuting by, by car, give yourself a few extra minutes because as it, as of course the morning goes by, it's going to get a little bit crazier, but it's raining out in case you haven't stuck your head out the door yet. Make sure you've got uh, your raincoat and uh, all the things you need to be safe getting to, and to, work for sure and, and from work if, we, if that weather does come our way in terms of some of that uh, light snow um, and I always say this when it comes to to weather and commuting and getting around it's not just it's not just the driving part if you drive to work um, but it's also the, the the walking part and I've seen way too many folks rushing from the train or rushing from the parking garage or rushing from the bus as it were. Uh, stepping off, not, you know, safely off the bus, stepping, you know, coming out of a parking garage and change the change in it being, you know, going from dry surface to wet surface, stepping, um, you know, out of your car. I, you know i'm I'm kind of a safety nut my my wife will, will 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 attest to the fact that I'm a little nerdy when it comes to that, and um, I've had my falls. Um, so I guess it's also from experience that I say that. Be careful not just in the driving but be careful in how you you know your egress and ingress with walking um, and certainly in the streets of uh, Chicago. With our, um, you know, our curbs and you know, you know how it is, and the city's done a good job of. And you may or may not have noticed this if you're if you're in Chicago, and even if you visit Chicago, if you live in the suburbs, or if you visit here for business, if you're out of the area, the city's done a pretty good job of um, making sure that our corners uh for example Dearborn in Washington the last few years they tightened that up they put a kind of a standing area i don't know what it's actually called technically but um i'll call it a safe standing area for those who are pedestrians um and you guys you know kind of like me um you you may or may not like this but they you know changed the way the buses can go down certain streets we've got the bike lanes um and also you know they're now working on making the corners On Michigan Avenue, they've actually done this in a couple places. A little bit safer to uh, to cross. So, you know, I'm I'm uh, as much as I go when I'm driving. Sometimes I go, I can't turn there, or you know, it's that's the goal is a little bit more safety, and I and I get that. So, my little morning weather report says. Give yourself a little extra time in your commute if you're driving if you're taking the train or the bus Give yourself a little extra stepping on and off time Off the curb off the bus off the train and etc. So that you are careful um, that's me you you guys will just have to accept the fact that that's kind of how I bring it I'm always thinking about like, okay, let's make sure we're getting where we got to get to as safe as we possibly can so man, uh (laughs) I'm just going to dive in the deep into the pool. And, but before I do that, uh, my, my question of the week and will be for quite a while is in your call ins today. Please let us know what you feel President Biden has done for you. Um, you know, we, we're going to keep laundry listing this thing until the wheels fall off in November and we hope the wheels fall off in our favor. But, um, we want to make sure that every day we talk about what's happening. What President Biden has done for you for the country, and what your aspirations are in terms of other things that he can get done, and obviously having a um, a fully loaded Congress and a fully loaded Senate uh, is is in, is important. And to prove that point, yesterday we know that the that we know yesterday that Tom Swazi won uh, New York's District Three uh, House race, and he won it significantly. I appreciate Diane uh, calling yesterday that wanted to know. You know, or, or she stated that there wasn't a lot of talk about how much bigger of a win it was when you know all this uh, conversation was that it was going to be a tough win, and it was our tough race, and it was a great win, but that Swazi wasn't going to was uh, you know he wasn't a good candidate, blah blah blah. All right, the point I'm making is um, this is the opportunity for for Democrats to look at that and say, okay, he took a message that was t- that was specific to the district. One of the challenges with running any campaign is going to be what what you what are you actually saying, and what is your message to the constituents that are in the district so where i 'm going with this is I know that sometimes there 's a win like swazi 's win, and suddenly um, a lot of voices will say okay that 's what the Dems have to do across the country no it 's actually not what 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 's important is knowing the audience, and I think what He did. And I I, from all the things that I've that I've been reading the last day and a half is he knows that's a moderate area. And he actually by speaking to the to the items that are important, not only to the country, but also to his district, which can overlay. He was actually able to do the thing that I believe the Democrats can do if they're willing to do, uh, for lack of better words, positively talk out of both sides of their mouth. And what I mean is this. So Swazi made sure that his base was taken care of. Okay. He made sure that that foundation was in place. He made sure that the people in that district that are, you know, tried and true blue that are progressives, that are liberals that are Democrats that he know he made sure that they know that he has their back. Okay. And he started that way by saying, you know, listen, I got you guys. I know that these are important issues to progressives, to to, to Democrats in this area, even though it's a predominantly Republican district. But by doing that, he was able to more easily, once he had the foundation, to more easily tack to the middle just enough to let the folks that are Republicans, moderate Republicans and or independents in that district know, I got your back, too. Okay. We're not going to agree on everything, but there are things that I know that are important to you. And they're also important to people that might be a little bit further left than you are, which means they're important to everybody in that district at the end of the day. Nobody wants to pay Eric, Eric Grant and I always talk about this. Nobody wants to pay more taxes, but sometimes that might be what the part, what's going to be uh, the solution or getting us closer to a better a solution. Nobody wants to pay more taxes. So that's one of the things, approaches that sometimes I think the, the Democratic Party has got to embrace. Take care of that base. Let them know, I got you. And at the same time, or, or I should say by doing that, then it's easier to tack a little bit to the center to pull some of those moderate and independent, uh, moderate Republicans and independents toward voting for you because they know that you aren't you know going to just... Diss them and say I don't care about you. You know you're not important to me as a candidate. And he did that. He did it very, very well. I don't care. I mean, I I, I heard some some sniping yesterday, frankly on on progressive radio that said that. You know, Swazi was going to come in. He was going to get the seat and then he's going to come in and vote with the Republicans. And that's, you know, listen, I, I, I get the the cynicism that's out there. Believe me, I can be cynical about things very quickly. I just choose not to be. In this case, I think Swazi's move was smart. And hell, if he is if he has that, he's, he's won that seat. and If he can hold it in November, that's a that's a huge win across the board for. Um, the, for the president because those numbers are going to matter. So again, I want to just reiterate, Swazi did what I think more Democrats have to do um, across the board, particularly in purple areas and, and goes back to Richard Chu's purple plan. Get that base in place in the district and then moderately as needed, tack a little bit to the center to help independents and and moderate Republicans understand. I got you. And we're not, we don't need to agree on everything but I, for me to get things done that you want, you gotta get me in, because this other person over here is, fu- is a fool, or this other person over here doesn't have the experience, or they're gonna be so much of a disruptor that you're not gonna actually get what you want. And I think sometimes that the moderate and independent Republicans, um, what I've seen, let me put it this way so I, I can stand on something that's credible, what I've seen is that they're so driven by I'm a Republican, and this is what I want. And and these these issues that are emotional issues. Let's say um, uh, issues of, of, of my uh, immigration and, and our southern border, and these issues of that Democrats are going to raise my taxes, and that Democrats don't care about uh, public safety, and Democrats don't care about um, faith. Uh, Democrats want to have every every um, uh, child become uh, every child aborted. I think sometimes those issues get so out of, out of whack that Republicans don't see that that is not, I haven't met that Democrat yet in my personal life in my business life and those who run for office. I haven't, I haven't met that person yet, but so, so to to curb that, I think that what has to happen is the Democrats have to look at Republicans in a way that says, I'm going to help you too, but first I got to take care of my base because that's who I made an initial promise to. And then on top of that, we want to bring you into our tent. You're not going to get everything any more than the, than the Democrats who are part of my base are going to get everything. But you're going to get a lot more than the turbulence and the craziness that will come from electing this person over here who, one, doesn't have the experience, and two, is just going to get in there and further uh, be just another log on the fire to the craziness. I can't believe him in my in my pragmatic, progressive mindset that that I have to believe, to put this in a positive, that that will work. That strategy is a workable strategy. And then last but not least, before we go to break, I think that Democrats have to remember right now that the strategy that works in one district, there are pieces that you can pull from it. But don't just completely overlay it as a strategy that will work in another district. And I'm speaking to the DNC and the leaders in that part of um, the, the progressive movement. So good morning, th- good Thursday morning, everybody. The number is 773-763-9278. I'm Richard Chu. This is Choose Views, and we'll be right back.
0: Choose Views with Richard Chu on WCPT eight twenty, where facts matter. Good
1: morning again. We're back. 773-763-9278. My quick morning shout-outs to uh, Brian, Aaron, Paul, Sunrise Dave, uh, R. Russell, Optimus P., as we always uh, say, Valerie, uh, Indy, Deborah. I mean, you guys are phenomenal, and I love the fact that you guys are following the show. Tank, all the rest of you guys, so much appreciated, appreciated um so listen i was talking about some strategy for the dems i think that that is important the swazi win is huge don't let the media downplay it yell it from the top of the rafters we got that seat back and now let's move forward to get some more the important you guys last week is the first week of the show now this week and continuing you're going to hear this from me it's what i believe in and it's what we have to lean into white house senate House of Representatives, state races, governor's races, we can get a lot of, we can get all of that. And certainly, when I, I almost said a lot of it, we can get all of that, okay? The state, we had a couple of state races, Pennsylvania, I believe it was, or, and I think it was upstate New York, and, um, that we won some house season, state house races. That's important. That's foundational. That gives us the, the baseline that we need to continue to grow our brand, you know, and it at it and it's at my core, you know, I'm a marketing guy that, that happens to be a financial advisor. Base is important, having that foundation is important. And so when we talk about messaging, one of the things that happens by winning seats is that the message is we're winning. Okay, we're picking up these seats. That's the key core message. We're winning. So that's why I'm excited about the Swazi seat. That's why I'm excited about the uh, state uh, house races that were won. Um, And we got really close in Oklahoma. I think it was I think it was uh, um, I think the numbers are less than a thousand votes in Oklahoma for a seat that ended up being uh, uh, held by the incumbent Republican. But it's the fact that we start picking these off. We just keep picking them off and keep picking them off and keep picking them off in these house, these state house races and state senate races. So, in any event, I I wanted to just uh, lean into that this morning because I heard some sniping yesterday, and I thought, nah, that's not cool. We can't be sniping about if he's going to get in and start voting with the Republicans. He's not going to do that. He the dude had to win the seat. He won that. So now let's build on that. Go forward. Let's stay behind him. Let's 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 make sure that the purple. Districts we're supporting and leaning into, so that's a that's a uh, uh, hats off to Tom Swazi and his team. All right, so um, I'm going to ask this question, and I'm going to just ask it, and then move on. Wait for you guys to call in and respond about it, and then I want to talk about another topic. Do you guys think that uh, that Merrick Garland should go? Now, that's a broad question for the last. 24, 48 hours, even going back to last week with um, the prosecutor uh, or investi- uh, investigator, I should say, uh, Robert Hur, and how he ter- terribly mishandled uh, that report on President Biden and the documents uh, mishandling. Um, my, my thought on this is, well, so I'll ask the question, do you think Merrick Garland should go as attorney general? Now, I I asked that question, but I'm also going to kind of, you know, add some hooks to it. I understand the political um, gyrations that that could cause for the president in an election year. Perceptive uh, the perceptions that will be out there and it'll there'll be a media storm behind it. And then being able to get, I mean, he has a Senate, so he could, he would be able to more than likely get another AG confirmed if he did it during this, this term before the, um, the general election. I'll talk about that as you guys respond with your thoughts on it. But if he should be, uh, if, if, uh, Biden should get rid of, um, Garland, should he do it before or after the election? And I've heard some thoughts one way or the other, and I and I have my thoughts about it. Um, but I want to hear what you guys have to say about Merrick Garland and his time as AG. And do you think that he should go? And you guys have seen the things that have happened in the last few weeks, particularly. And that's gonna. Um, that, that's why I want to present that question. So. Um. Here's the thing I want to talk about that that's really that was frustrating for me in the last couple of days and that is you know and I didn't talk about this last week intentionally but now that it's happened again I'm going to lean into it. So last week there was a, the shooting at the uh, the the church in Houston at at uh, Joel Olston's um church by a woman who um is said to be, you know, um had had some issues with what's going on. Uh, in the Middle East and some family issues and certainly some mental health issues. We know we, that part we know. And then yesterday at a celebration of family and friends and colleagues and loved ones and, and just joy on a beautiful sunny day in Kansas City, Missouri. There is yet another shooting. So this is where I said I have to be very mindful today about what I say so that we don't lose our FCC license. But I'm just so doggone tired of these shootings. I'm just so sick and tired of families having to go through this pain. I'm just so doggone tired of having to hear um, yet another, uh, we hear there's a shooting and then everybody's trying to figure out how it happened, why it happened. I'm just tired of that. I'm, I'm tired of it because we can fix this. Um, I got a, uh, sorry, my my eyes are tearing up, not because I'm crying, but because my allergies are just on crazy today. I got a um, uh, 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 a notification from a good friend of mine that um, I actually played tennis with in college, and you guys may have seen him. His name is Brad Gilbert. He's oftentimes on NBC He's a, a world-class tennis player and he's uh, coached folks like uh, Andre Agassi and um Coco Goff, okay? So Brad posted something that that really like made me go, "Okay, I'm going to lean into this today." Um he said, you know, we can say what we want to about where we where we are with the the second amendment. But at, at the end of the day, and, and there was a there was a a character posted that showed that what the founding fathers wanted Showed a, a man standing there proud with a, a a musket on top of a statue, and then the NRA version is a dude standing on top of boxes of ammo, strapped it with you know uh, um, you know ammo around him and two AR-15s strapped on and two two uh, uh, multi magazine guns. We have to stop electing. This is what Brad said. We have to stop electing politicians that are going to bend the knee to the NRA and to the misinterpretation of the second amendment. Okay. I have no concern, no worry and could give a darn about someone's feeling about it's my right to own a weapon or just my constitutional right to own a gun and all the other ways that people who get bent out of shape. I have friends that own, that 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 have a that are licensed to carry um, a handgun. Uh, dear friends of mine, and I have a couple of family members that that are um, that have their FOIA card. Okay, what I'm talking about is these weapons of war. There is nobody, there's no one on the planet that will ever convince me. I don't care how hard how hardcore right you are how um, righteous you feel about your guns, or if you're far left, then you feel that way. There is no need for our country to allow these multi-capacity, high magazine, whatever the proper word is, to be on our streets. I mean, I go back to the 70s when we were concerned about our air quality like we should have been, and the, the the EPA was like, we got some cars that are out here causing more problems than necessary. And I'm, and I'm paraphrasing this. But we got to get rid of these guns. I'm not trying to come to the position that we got to get rid of all guns and we need to say that you can't own a, a gun. We know that that's, that's such a heavy lift. And when we get there, I mean, I, I personally, I, I think that, like Brad said, Australia figured it out. When they had a mass shooting, they said, "We're done. We aren't doing this again. We aren't doing this to our our community. It's inhumane to have these guns on the street. They are weapons of war. And I'll be honest with you, I don't even think law enforcement should have them unless they are. They should be locked in a. Um, they, they should be locked in a a, a protect you know a case carry whatever it's called a safe. Sorry, I'm I'm really. <laughs> I'm really angry about this, Henry. Because it keeps happening. And we keep going down the same road of, "Oh my god, I can't believe. I saw a person post, this is no no, no, I think it was the police. Yeah, it was the, the the police chief posted in Kansas City, this is not Kansas City." I'm like, "Hello, dude. Yes it is. It may not have been, but it is now." And I'm sad for the folks who were injured and all the hell that and terror that was caused by this for the people who were there. But we got to get up off these guns, y'all, these particular guns. So listen, we got to go to a break. The number is 773-763-9278. We'll be right
0: back. It's Choose View with Richard Chu on WCPT 820, Chicago's Progressive Talk.
1: So before the break, I was talking about... Um, well I asked the question in terms of if you think Merrick Garland should go if so when um, but then we leaned into these two shootings the one last week in Houston and then the one um, yesterday at the uh, Kansas City Chiefs celebration um, it it just mm, man oh man I don't know whether to cry or to cuss but I know that um, this has got to this, this has to end and so as much as I'm ranting about this in this in this moment um, I, I'm going to you know, tell you where I think we can go with this, and why it's important that we lean into something. So, um, assault weapons are not needed on the streets of America. They're needed on the streets of the world. They need to go. So, if you, if if I again, I'm I'm um, I'm um, I'm reaching to, to to the love of my late uh, father-in-law. If I ruled the world, they'd be all gone, like in a blink of an eye. They'd be gone. All of these assault weapons would be gone, burn, put them in a a heap, get rid of them, recycle the metal and do something good with it because they don't need to be on our streets. These multi-capacity guns don't need to be either. (laughs) A friend and I were talking about this a couple of years ago, and we both said, if you need that kind of weaponry to shoot, you ain't no good. (laughs) You know, If you can't hit the target with a single, you ain't no good. Put it down. Give it up. Give it up, cuz. To try to put some humor on, on a hellacious, awful situation. I mean, you know, and, and what, what, what 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 frustrates me even more about this is when you get citizenry that, like my, like my friend Brad said, that, you know, we just keep electing these same fools. So that's gonna that leads me in this in the direction of what I what I want to talk about from a solution standpoint. I think that I pride myself in a couple of areas, not too many, but I pride myself on this area. I'm going to complain about something, I'm going to highlight something, I'm going to talk about something, and this is across the board and how I typically communicate, but then I'm going to flip the switch and say, now let's get into solution mode, and that's how I operate, that's what I believe, so I'm going to, you know, not use the B word about something a lot, but then it's like, all right, so what do we think of the solution? In this space, I think the solution is, it starts with, we have to elect the politicians who are not afraid to stare down any other politician on the mic, on the camera and say, no, we're getting rid of them and stare down the NRA and the gun manufacturers and say, we're going to change the rules. We change the rules over here for this. We're going to change the rules for that. And even if it means making it, creating the necessary um, amendments in the constitution to fix this problem. But to get to that point, we, as progressives, have got to stop pity-patting around with this. We have got to say, look, we are going to elect the people, and I'm talking, and even, even when it comes to selecting the candidates that are, that are left-leaning, progressive, or even independent, that st- the standard has to be, where do you stand on, on assault weapons? Where do you stand on that? If that person is mealy-mouthed about assault, weapon, assault weapons, maybe they're not a candidate we should get behind. We need candidates that are going to be full-throated. They have got to go. And I'll be honest with you about this. We have the opportunity. This is why it's important, when I say we have the opportunity, to flip the house, get the numbers we need, hold and grow the Senate, and get the... because This this is a conversation that starts with some of the state legislatures as well. And here's why, again, Richard Chouan Civics. The states have... Power in this conversation. The states can say, like we've done in Illinois, you know, this is these are our gun laws in Illinois. This is what is allowed and not allowed. And by having the right folks in our state legislature and the right thinking governor, we get stuff done in that space. And if you look at the states where the majority of these shootings, mass shootings or high weaponry shootings or weapons of war shootings take place. Based on the data, not my you know anecdotal uh, view of it, they are in states where the gun laws for that type of weaponry are less um, I want to put it this way, are, are, are more laxed. The attitude of the citizenry is, I should be able to have whatever gun I want. And that's flat out irresponsible. So the fix is to start by making sure that we have these state legislatures in place, To be able to say that weapons of war, these assault weapons have got to go. We start there. We don't have to get people freaked out about, you know, they're going to come take my guns. Well, we're going to come take these guns. We're not going to take all of your stuff. We're going to take these over here, though. They got to go. It's just like cleaning house. You're going to keep some stuff, but some stuff has got to get rid of. I'll I'll make it that plain for everybody. So I'd like to know how you guys feel about um, just across the board a ban on assault weapons. Call in about that because it's it's important to me because I'm tired of seeing a beautiful sunny day, of celebration and joy and happiness for people. Hell, there are probably 49ers fans that were happy to see people out there enjoying that 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 win. So now 49er fans got to watch the damn television to see how many people got shot. There might be some 49er fans that lit the earth, some Kansas City fans that have 49er family. And they were sit- sitting there in California or 49, 49- wherever. you guys know where I'm going with this. I'm so frustrated by it. They were probably sitting there wondering, is my cousin out there at that event? <clears throat> so I'm passionate about this, a little emotional about it because it's frustrating. That being said, I, um, I'm going to um, shift gears a little bit so that I don't see anything that causes us to lose our FCC license. That being said, I want to bring into the conversation um, um, one of our callers. Good morning, Karen. How are you doing? What's happening? Good and morning,
2: Richard. My, my, <sighs> uh, my allergies are acting up, too. And, um, yeah, it is insanity. That is the definition of insanity, doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different outcome. It's the guns, okay? And that particular gun is not designed for anything else but killing multiple people in a matter of seconds. Yeah. That's what that gun is made for. That the family of the inventor of that gun thinks that they should be banned. Yep. Of course we need a ban. Um you know, and and you know, I, I was watching the coverage and um the chief of police actually said, this is not Kansas City. I want to make this very clear. It's not Kansas City. Well, it is, it is Uvalde. Yep. It's Parkland. It's uh, Sandy Hook. It's, you know, I mean, and now it's Kansas City. It's Highland Park. You know, I mean, it's, it is. it is. This is America mm-hmm. until, like you said, we get people in that are going to do something past common sense, gun laws. In a, at a minimum, it's an obvious answer ban the assault weapons. Australia did it after one mass shooting. We can do it here, do a gun buyback, and ban these. The numbers went down, and when it was allowed to expire, they shot back up. Yeah, no no pun intended, but they shot back up. Exactly, exactly.
1: I mean, Mm -hmm. so Karen, let me ask you this question regarding this. Why do you think that we haven't been able to get the assault weapons ban back as part of uh, legislation and law?
2: Because you know I mean obviously you know the the, the n r a um they've been um oh and funneling money from Russia to uh the republican candidates there's big money, the weapons manufacturers uh have been big funders of republican uh candidates, but I'd like to say too, you know i don't want you know the one thing the uh, chief of police said was that you know the they rushed in they ran towards danger these police there were hundreds of police there, okay yes. hundreds of good guys with guns right mm-hmm. they were there and they ran yes they ran into danger but all of these people that say say that they claim to care so much about blue lives mattering and everything, the biggest threat is the military militarization of our civilians, okay mm-hmm. and it's like Yet the Fraternal Order of Police, the biggest police union, right, in the country, they continue to fund Republican candidates. If we get the guns out of the hands of the citizens, we can get the guns out of the hands of the militarized police force that we have created in this country.
1: I think that... Okay. The... Go ahead, sorry.
2: Yeah, no, That that is part of the problem, too you know the, the fraternal order police are big donors to the Republican party and it makes police officers less safe it makes us all less safe
1: yeah you I know mean, that's that, and, and that that's that's a challenge Karen, sorry about that that's a challenge for me uh-huh. too is that when you and and I I've, I've seen um I've seen some data where police officers are saying that they need to go and so let, let's let's uh-huh. let's let's do the let's do the right service here the FOP the for for lack of better words the the leadership part of FOPs locally we've got we've got what's that dude's name here in in, in, in Chicago that doesn't even live in Chicago um, mm-hmm. I think he has a I think he has an apartment here so he can claim that he's got you know some some residence yeah. and, but it, whatever um, I don't want to see him on the street because it wouldn't be pretty that being said mm. um, mm-hmm. he he's a strong right advocate he's a leader of the FOP like many of the mm-hmm. The, the leaders of FOPs throughout the country, the leadership, the, the guys and the gals, frankly, that are running those organizations, aren't in my observation necessarily speaking the truth of the on the street, run to danger police officers who in, mm-hmm. ma- in many cases have said they want to see these assault weapons banned as well. And for the very reason mm-hmm. that you just said, and let's go to Uvalde yep. for a minute. There was a yeah. there was a phalanx of good guys with guns that were uh-huh. trained on how to use them, yep. and they hit uh-huh. the pause button before they went into that high school because they right. knew that although they may have been outgunned and they may have been able to outgun this person, they were outflanked uh-huh. and they were afraid that they, for uh-huh. their own lives. Now, sure. So this good guy with the gun, um, you know, label that's out there. Is a bunch of crap, because whenever it comes, I mean, right. and, and yes, not taking anything away from the folks that, that ran into danger in Kansas City, um, mm-hmm. but, 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 why, but my thinking is when you print when you, when you pointed that out, is why should they have to do that in the first place? Why should they have exactly. to run run into what is, at that point now, is a militar, militarized zone, okay? Right. Uh, that's what soldiers yes. in, in war do. They run toward danger at that mm-hmm. level. We don't we don't need our police officers run into that kind of danger and listen um, if we take it, it, it's, it's so simple and I guess that's why I'm just so frustrated behind this Karen and I know you are too and we've talked about mm-hmm. this before it, it just just get rid of them. be damn what the yep. manufacturers say but again we right. have to elect the people that are going to stare down their their political opponents and stare down the media mm-hmm. and stare down the NRA and the manufacturers and say you can go to hell. My Mm -hmm. position is I'm voting to get rid of these things. If you don't like it too damn bad. That that, I mean, maybe that's just too, too easy for me to see.
2: Well, and the majority of Americans agree, Uh, you know, that's the thing we, we need to do something about it. And, uh, you know, I mean, we, we can regulate them. You know, people are like, Oh, well, cars kill more people, blah, blah, blah. Well, it's the number one killer of children in America. And, um, if you want to compare it to cars, then let's legislate them like cars. Like cars, okay? yeah. let's put
1: the, <laughs> you got to have an insurance put, policy. Put
2: the same, yeah, absolutely. And we have smart gun con, uh, um, technology out there. So let's say you need, you feel safe and you sleep better at night having a handgun in your in your uh, nightstand drawer. Okay, well then let's use some uh, smart gun con, uh, technology on it. Everything else is locked up, and we ban assault weapons. Yeah. And you regulate them just like you would a car.
0: There it
3: is.
2: Every one needs to be registered. Everyone needs to you have to show that you know how to um, handle it.
1: I'm gonna gently you know? walk you into mm-hmm. a soft break. I'm not gonna slam <laughs> okay, you. Okay, I into appreciate a hard break. this. Okay. Just very casually, I mean slowly. Go. Thanks for calling in, okay. Karen. Be safe traveling today. What time are we what time are we uh, doing our thing?
2: So let's say Q215. Two,
1: two Sounds good. Listen, okay. guys, we're talking about All Karen's right. podcast. So 773 763 9278. This is Choose Views, and we'll be right back.
0: Welcome back to Choose Views with Richard Chu on WCPT 820, Chicago's Progressive Talk. Hey,
1: guys, we are back. Um, we had a, had a little clunky uh, 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 transition to the break, and I apologize for that. Um, but, uh, Karen has a great podcast and, uh, True Blue, True Blue Politics is the, pol- the the podcast, and I'm gonna be a guest on hers. Um, so I just wanted to let you guys know that's what we were talking about toward the end of her calling in. So, all right, Henry and I are in here, uh, vibing about allergies. So it's real, guys. I'm not just, I'm not wiping my eye because I'm crying. I'm wiping my eye because it's teared up because of the doggone, you know, allergens that come out when we, when it rains and, and, and all that good stuff. So, anyhow i won't nerd out too far um so yeah guys um weapons of war have to have to go and i know you guys we've got folks already calling in about that which is part of our job is to help let just make sure we provide the space for you guys to talk about it as well um and so before we um get too much further i want to play a um a clip that you guys may have heard from this past weekend as it relates to where uh, one of our representatives who is uh, running for reelection and, and, and has just been a voice of 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 common sense and power uh, taking no crap from her fellow uh, congressional leaders. Uh, we're going to hear a little clip that we have from a representative out of Texas, Jasmine Crockett.
4: While some of the GOP are battling
2: to fund Ukraine and its fight against Russia, Donald Trump is saying he would encourage Russia to attack a NATO country if it is behind on payments to the alliance. The White
4: House has called those comments appalling and unhinged. How do you interpret that? Um, paging E. Jean Carroll. Uh, I need her to have the same energy about her $83.3 million that he owes. Yes, absolutely. We don't stop. We just keep going and we go and get our money. Listen, this is absolutely ridiculous that we're even talking about the candidacy of a Donald Trump, someone who we know was always piling around with Russia, someone who encouraged the interference with our domestic elections in the first place, and the fact that he has not learned his lesson from losing his election from His very ridiculous and dangerous rhetoric tells us everything that we need to know. I truly don't understand how and why anyone can see that this guy is a viable candidate. We are talking about someone that literally may start World War three It is just that deep. So for everyone that thinks that they are now an expert in foreign policy, I need you to look up what happens when we don't do what we're supposed to do for our NATO countries. If you're going to be a foreign policy expert, don't just be an expert in the Middle East, become an expert in all of foreign policy, and understand how dangerous this guy is.
1: So, the reason I wanted to play that clip, and, and I've, I've had it for a couple of days, obviously, um, this past couple, the, the past couple of days, you know, Trump's busy week, as I said on Monday, with um, the New York fraud case, the Florida Documents case, SCOTUS on his immunity, and um, um, the um, Case down in Georgia, so where I'm going with this is it's kind of connected to something that i've I've been saying all along. If you want to vote for Donald Trump, that's your business, and if you want to uh, you know lean in that direction that that's your business but the, here's the problem when you look at the things that we talked about earlier with regard to the shootings. we're going to get more of that. And when you look at what's happening in Ukraine, we're going to get more of that. And when you look at what's happening with the southern border, he had four years to fix it. We're not going to get that fix. And I think it's time for, frankly, Republicans who say that they want to save democracy and patriotism to fully leave the Republican Party. So we've got folks out there like the David Jollies of the world who has made that decision, but you've got other people like Michael Steele who are sitting on the fence um, because it furthers him. He may say things every now and again that sound you know, great and sound wonderful and, and are, are, are things that may call out Donald Trump or call out other Republicans, but what I need to see is that if these folks who say that we wanna we wanna make sure that our democracy is, is preserved, that are Republican, and they wanna call themselves patriots that are Republican. You can't sit on the fence any longer. You've gotta step over the fence and not just, you know, go on television and talk about what you believe and what you see, but you've gotta fully leave the party. You gotta make it clear. Uh, Not just, you know, say that I'm um, things like the party left me. Um, These diehard Republicans have got to be willing if they're truly concerned about the impact that Donald Trump would have with another um, another four years. If you're truly one that believes that, then then make the statement beyond just saying how awful he will be beyond just saying the Republican Party left me. You need to without a doubt, full-throated, saying, I'm leaving the Republican Party. And and not be afraid to change your mind and move in a different direction. And the different direction is to provide the independents and the, and the progressives with the support that you can bring by fully leaving the party and not riding the fence. Donald Trump is a danger to not just our community, our society, our democracy, but that of the world. And for him to be so ill-informed to make the statement that he made about, and I've been holding onto this for the week by design, but to make the statement that he made about NATO, and for the New York Times to make a comparative statement between his comment about NATO, which is worse, at that or, or Joe Biden's age, is journalistic, you know, malpractice. And... I, my, my only solution to that kind of irresponsibility is the phrase that I like to use, you got to go. So if Republicans who are trying to ride the fence can't, in a full-throated way, say that Donald Trump has got to go and I'm leaving the Republican Party and and get behind that and pull people with him, then they kind of need to shut up as well. If the New York Times can't, if, in their editorial board, cannot see that having headlines that are, that irresponsible is irresponsible to the country, then the New York Times needs to be checked. And sometimes our most powerful tool is to say, I'm going to stop doing a certain thing. And I was, I was thinking about the impact of that the past couple of days. And we, we probably as a country need to get back to readily, regularly boycotting. And businesses, particularly in the media, that are not holding, this, you know, they're not holding the, the, the standard that I think they should. It was highly irresponsible. The New York Times, without a doubt, is which is worse: Trump's comment about NATO or Joe Biden's age? I mean, you know, do I want to get stabbed? Do I want to get shot? No disrespect to anybody that we're, we're that's dealing with the the, the um that reality. But I mean, you know, that's that's the irresponsibility of our media, our mainstream media. The folks that we, you know, have sort of relied on to present a neutral message, worst case, but certainly not one that's going to be leaning in the direction of craziness. So I just wanted to to, to play that that piece from our Representative um, Jasmine Crockett um, and, and, and just kind of lean into the fact that these are these are the reasons these are the types of 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 progressives that we need. And these, and we also need Republicans to speak that way as well. Um, when we come back, we're going to grab a couple of calls, and uh, I want to talk a little bit about uh, something else that that happened yesterday that um, the voters need to need to kind of do a better job of, of handling. But the number is seven seven three seven six three nine two seven eight. This is Richard Chu. This is Chu's Views, and we will be right back.
0: You're listening to Choose Views with Richard Chu on WCPT 820, Chicago's progressive talk. Hey, guys, we're back. Um, so before the break, I was talking about
1: the, um, <clears throat> excuse me, the incapabilities, in- the inexperience, the, the craziness of, of Trump and the importance of Republicans leaning into uh, the conversation about, listen, you 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 can you can't sit on the fence about this you've got to take a stand and it doesn't mean taking a stand doesn't mean just talking about how awful um Things have been for the Republican Party, but it means moving away from them and con- con- very clearly consciously saying, I'm done with the Republican Party. That's what I want to see and then to-, to try to tie that together. Um, we're going to grab a couple quick calls and then we're going to uh, move on to a couple of other topics this morning. Uh, 773-763-9278. Let's go to Diane. Good morning, Diane. You had some comments about Merrick Garland.
3: Yes. i listening to the shooting yesterday in Kansas City. Mm-hmm. Which
1: Kansas City was it in? Uh, it was at the celebration for the Kansas City Chiefs uh, winning the Super Bowl.
3: But what state?
1: The state of Missouri.
3: Okay. And okay, I'm going for history and guns or whatever. Um, Missouri, who was that young black man that was shot in the middle of the street?
1: Um, that was, I remember you talking about, I'm drawing a blank on his name, was in the, okay. the Jefferson, okay. Jefferson Jefferson, uh, County, Missouri. I, I forgot the name. We'll have to look it up, Diane. Go, keep going. Sorry.
3: Okay. Because history counts. And when I found out it was Kansas City, Missouri, remember how bad the cops were then? And now they're good. Yeah. they rushed in for that. All right. So, history counts. And to go back to your very beginning, Merrick Garland. Merrick Garland was in charge of the Kansas City Massacre. Okay? He, he convicted Timothy McVeigh.
0: Mm hmm.
3: Okay, how long did that take him? I don't
1: remember exactly.
3: two people. For two people. I'm pretty sure that was only, I don't remember. Positively, okay. but I think it was only two people. It took them two years and two months. Now, and that was only two people that were organized. If you had all the MAGA people, the Tarek the and the Proud Boys and the Oath Keepers, if they were still walking the streets, how much worse would all this gun stuff be?
1: are you saying if the if all those folks were still walking the streets how much worse would the gun right. violence be
3: right I mean yesterday for whatever reason I, I don't think they've discovered yet why they um, why the shooting occurred
1: but does or, it, you know, but, does it those, but does it matter why the shooting occurred I mean honestly does it, it matter does
3: it, well yes
1: why does it matter what the, the why the shooting occurred it occurred and then, and we have a person that's died, it, it, and it, other it, folks that have been injured it, it and terrorized.
3: But, but, but what are, are they saying? Are they? It, it, it doesn't.
1: But Help me understand, Diane, and re- respectfully, Why yes, does it? Thank what you. does it matter? Why does it matter? Why the shooting occurred?
3: It was organized. How many it people organized?
1: But, but you're not answering my question. Why? Just like the shooting in Texas. At the at the church, why does it matter that a person walks into an event or a place or a school? Why does it matter? Why it occurred with an assault weapon? I, I'm, I'm, I'm I'm struggling with that.
3: Okay, um, sorry, my student consciousness. Um, the the government ages ago, I think it was around ten states, started giving leftover military weapons to police departments.
1: Right, and they become highly militarized. And, unfortunately, right to your uh, point.
3: Right, and then if you go to what are the I believe it was the CDC, maybe maybe National Institute of Health, they they weren't allowed to track gun deaths.
1: Hmm. Yeah, that there's so, there's reporting out there that that's okay. true.
3: Okay, so we can't get rid of guns because we don't know or we couldn't, it's-
1: But but Diane, we had we had an, um, uh, and I'm gonna I'm gonna um, respond and then I'm gonna jump to the next call. Diane, we had a an assault weapons ban that was that was allowed to expire during um, Bush two's administration. And the data doesn't care why the shootings take place. The data is is basically unemotional and it looks at it and says that gun, uh, uh, mass shootings as a result of assault weapons went down when we had the assault weapons ban. So it doesn't, in, in my observation, it doesn't matter why. And that, because that gets us into the conversation that it, it is a mental health issue or it's a this issue or that. At the end of the day, when the person pulls a trigger, The people who are the recipients of those bullets, it doesn't matter one bit why the person pulled the trigger. So the solution is not to get too far into the weeds about what the government did or did not do, does or does not do, or what the person's mindset was as it relates to mental health. In my opinion, what matters is let's take away the the most um, obvious thing that is being used to cause this terror, and that is... Is or are these weapons of war? It's really simple. I, I hear where, I, I believe I get where Diane was going with this, that there's some structural problems that we have to fix, and I agree with her on that. At the same time, I, I just have to say that to me, and I think to most of you, the reason doesn't matter. And the justification for keeping them on the street based on historical data doesn't matter when we have a mechanism which is voting the right people into office that are going to stand strong to say they got to go. They have to, they just have to be banned again and never again. Should they be allowed on the streets and they should be recalled or bought back like, uh, like, like uh, Karen said uh, a moment ago. So let's uh, grab another quick call. We've got Dave calling this morning. Good morning, sir. How are you? Good
5: morning, Richard. Um, A couple of things may or may not like it, but it's the cold hard facts here. Yes, yeah, so, you know, we need to do something to throttle down on these guns, but how are you going to do it? It's a broad brush painting that we got to get them off the streets. How do you do this? yeah you know, we either jump across the border to a different uh, state, as that uh, punk did a couple of years ago when he, sh- he had that cousin or friend store that gun from when he was, what, 17 year old? Yep. Up in uh, Wisconsin? Or. Yeah. They go to gun shows and go behind the scenes and get it or out of a trunk of a car. You know, there's no registration. How do you follow up on that?
1: I have an answer. And then, I have an answer. So let's take one piece at a time. Okay. So, um, right. and, I, and I agree with you. It's It's a tough, it's a tough push. But what's tougher? What having women and children crawling through tunnels to stay away from the shooting that took place? So let me answer your question. It starts with changing who's in office on a state level with with state legislatures and growing that to a federal. We've got to elect different people that are going to stand in the void and lean into their political opponents and lean into the NRA and lean into the gun manufacturers and say no more. That's what the answer is. It's legislation by the right legislatures. Then how do you do that? If it, if in terms of the, uh, and I'm with you, Dave, cause you and I, you know, we live in a state where we've got the flux of Wisconsin, Indiana, Missouri around us that have different gun laws. It's stiff penalties. It's no, I mean, everybody talks about how, the, how, our, how our, our, our laws are to enforce the laws that are on the books with certain things. Ban assault weapons across the board. That means they're fully illegal. If you show up with one, if we find one on you, if you um, commit an act with them, you're going to jail. You're not going to pay a fine. You're going to go sit in jail. Legislators, legis- better legislation, and stiff penalties because when we had based on the day to day even with things across the borders when we get fluid borders those people paid a price so let's not try to reinvent the wheel is, so go ahead I'm sorry but, uh, you
5: know I agree on it. you know it's good ideas and I but the, the only ones that I know that they ever banned is like the uh, Thompson machine guns after 1935 because they were you know fully automatic and now you got these uh, They had the bump stock they talked about. I believe they're still out there. And you got the first cousin of a bump stock. They got what they call a binary trigger, which works pretty much like the same thing. If you got it in binary, you start to squeeze and let go of the trigger, the bullet's flying.
1: Do you know know that that, that one of the things that people said was tough, and I'm old enough to remember this, was getting people to wear seatbelts? Yeah. and do you know that it was also difficult to get the auto manufacturers who were bigger than the gun manufacturers to change the exhaust systems on their cars and it led to the creation of the catalytic converter did you know that Did yeah. you know the tire ratings had to be changed to make sure that the weight of a vehicle was supported by the density of the rubber that was used to manufacture the tires I could go on Because what I know is the country has the, when the country has the will to do something, it gets it done. A good friend of Eric, um, um, and mine has talked about this for years when it comes to race relations. When the country wants to get something done, they get it done. So when it comes to guns, the problem is we got a bunch of punk A legislators that are leaning into the Second Amendment and they're, they're dancing around and they're getting their checks and on and on and on, on the left and on the right and in the middle. The Mm -hmm. solution is legislators that will stand in the void to create legislation that they can stare down the manufacturers, stare down the NRA, and stare down their opponents on this issue to say we are going to start with eliminating banning and stiff penalties for weapons of war, i.e., High Magazine, you know, listen, they know how to write the wording so it encompasses a lot of things that are defined as weapons of war or assault weapons. They know how to write the legislation. That's not complicated. Mm-hmm. Just like they did for tires, just like they did for seatbelts, just like they've done for smoking, just like they did for exhaust systems. I'm tired of us yeah. punking out and saying, oh, well, it's going to be a, come on. Yep, you know, and then another what they talked about
5: Putting that insurance
1: on it. Well, how do you how do you insure now? If you got a twenty two, is that going to be the same? <laughs> it's no different, Dave. Dave yeah. a, uh, again, you're, you're 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 giving me too many softballs here. I'm a dude that's got a history yeah. in that industry. It's easy. This it's more expensive to insure a Mercedes S class, than it is a Mercedes E class. It's more expensive to, okay. to insure okay. a le- just- hold on. It's more expensive to oh. insure a Lexus. SUV than it is an Alexis a Lexus small uh, a sedan or a Chevy uh, or GMC SUV an Escalade is more expensive to insure than a Cadillac sedan. So put the yep. same measuring as insurance companies do on value versus uh, opportunity for incident. It's a, it's simple. It's insurance math. That's an easy one. And trust me, the insurance okay. companies would love that. That's more premium. Okay.
5: Yeah, but they got they got registrations to follow. A lot of these, like I say, these guns that they buy behind the scenes and that they don't know the registrations, you know. And uh, yeah, well then that's and,
1: that's a way for our law enfor- enforcement if they would stop being punks about it to <laughs> crack down on those uh, occurrences. I mean, I got a solution for that- all this stuff. The problem is. Ameri- I'm sorry, Dave. I'm I'm am not yelling at you, I'm yelling at the, scenari- the at the topic. I'm
5: just as I'm just as frustrated as you, right? I know. I'm glad I I'm on my third I, years but, uh, but the uh, uh let me get the jump off in a minute here. The uh, you know, two things real quick. I state's it's the only one that I know that has a Floyd card. The Firearm ID. Right. Of all of the and uh so that's one, you know, the tracking but uh and lastly, talked with the police, they said they had about eight hundred police there. But yet it took two or three citizens to take down one that was running away. Yeah, I mean, they they didn't see this guy. That's you
1: know, that's the thing. I yeah, I know, and that's that's a part that, that's horrible for the police. You know, they're they're trying to they're navigating, they're looking left, right, up, and down, and behind them all during protecting these events, and then suddenly someone that's got. Uh, you know, a high point or has an advan- a, you know a tactical advantage. I mean, I understand why emotionally, and I know you got to go. I understand why the why the yeah. officers in Uvalde pressed the pause button because they were tactically, you know, in a in not the best position to breach. Same thing here. These guys ran toward danger, but damn, they didn't know it was coming. Yeah, well, when they
5: tackled that guy, he had a pistol. They said he said vlogging. well there was pistols too. That were involved yesterday. Yeah, well, see. I, 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 I yeah, black more guns than the Uvalde police. I can tell you that.
1: yeah, that's it's crazy, Dave. It's crazy.
5: Yeah. And, How's and your, they had, you know, they uh, they won last year, so they said they had been trained for a year already at you know taking care of this uh, at the ceremony. Right. Right.
1: No, so, I mean. For, it's, They've been
0: there before. You know,
5: they have some training on this stuff, what to look for. You had 800, I don't know. It's twenty twenty hindsight now, but uh, anyway, let it
1: jump off. You, know, you got other callers, so. Dave, listen, have a great day today. Be safe out there. You too, thanks, sir. All right, man. Dave coming with the angles. But he's right. You know, the question is, and this is this is clearly where we are. How do we do this? How do we get through this? How do we... Uh, you know, the questions he's asking is are, how do we navigate what are the obstacles? And I think that we just have to start with electing officials who are going to be willing to lean into the conversation on this. Um, the number is 773-763-9278. This is Choose Views, and we'll be right back.
0: It's Choose Views with Richard Chu on WCPT 820, where facts matter. Hey, hey, welcome
1: back, guys. Uh, crazy morning. Obviously, the subject matter with regards to um, uh, the shooting in Texas and then the shooting in Kansas City is, is heartbreaking. And um, I'm, I'm the guy, in my mind, that's going to lean into this conversation. It's, it's real simple in my mind. Um, ban assault weapons and start with electing officials. We're going to lean into the conversation with their colleagues they're going to stand in the void when it comes to the NRA and the gun manufacturers, and make sure that they know that they're serious. We we have to, you know, and then the couch, they're their their wording and the cower to. Well, I you know the Second Amendment. It, I'm I'm done with that. That, that ju- this is justification. This is justification. So, listen, guys. I um wanted to chat about something that is also one of my other uh, things that, are, that that's um you know we we just gotta. We we have to um, how do I want to say this? We have to be willing to, to to speak back to this when it comes to some of the things that are happening with um, forty five having a busy week and the trials that he's got uh, going on. And um, this is a this is a hypocrisy moment for me. So you guys have heard about the fact that today is the day that um, the uh, prosecutor down in Georgia, Fonty um, Willis has to go in front of a judge to talk about the um, inappropriateness, if you will, of having a relationship with a member of her staff, so to speak. Let's just call it as it is. And the hypocrisy in this is the hypocrisy that has caused us and allowed us to allow 45 to continue to delay and postpone and delay and postpone. So, you all realize that he's on the verge of uh, having a judge potentially pull Bonnie Willis off the case, and this in regard to the insurrection case because of a relationship. What that means in the small in, in the small letters is that if she's pulled off the case, she could be solely pulled off the case. The judge, however, as I've read, could then say that depending on her answers today that he could pull or or uh, I, I can't think of the exact legal wording but I'll just use lay, layperson's wording pull the entire staff or team prosecuting team off the case of the insurrection that was that, that, that she's um, the indicted Donald Trump and 17 18 other people for for having a relationship, that wasn't disclosed, that has absolutely nothing to do with the facts of the case. So let me point, let me, let me talk about what I'm gonna call, this is, what, this is what gets black folks really ticked off. This is, and I'm not just gonna say black folks, this is what get, gets black folks, other folks of color, LGBTQ, and I would say anybody that doesn't have the, the, the capital to manipulate the justice system. And here's what I mean. This dude wants to have a, have a have a prosecutor removed from the case for having a relationship at the end of the day that he's trying to say influenced and made this a political hit to go after him so I want you guys to pay attention to this. This is not about her having a relationship it's about using the system to weasel out of an of the indictments because This is the same dude that was caught on tape saying what he said about women and how they should be or could be treated in his mind. And this is the same dude that, while he's being, has been indicted in Georgia for the insurrection, he's being indicted and charged in New York for committing political fraud. You know, we've already said this, could care less that he had an affair with uh, Stormy Daniels, but that he hid it illegally by paying her off. That's already been proven. It's already been acknowledged. It's already been documented. There's a check. There's, there's, it, 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 it's there. Michael Cohen testified. That happened, y'all. And he hid that illegally with a payoff about an affair that affected the course of this country that actually put him in a position where the insurrection then happened because he got elected. So if this judge says that Fawny Willis should be removed from the case and her team is removed from the case because of her having this affair and not having this relationship and not disclosing it, then that's what I call white justice in America. I'm sorry. I'm really not. But that's white justice in America. Because you mean to tell me that we're going to elect a dude that made it clear how he's going to treat women. We're going to elect a dude who, when it was found out that he committed an illegal act, and there's a paper trail proving it, that it's okay for him to do that. But a prosecutor can't have a relationship with someone that's a consensual relationship and now that case may potentially get blown up because of that i i'm just telling you all you can you can hate me for it if you want to but his affair affected the country and it's i mean I'm, I'm this, like i this i could told you guys this morning this is that day where i got to be very mindful of my words respectfully to you guys as much as anything but the, the, the final part of what I want to say on this before we go to our, our next break is that there's already been four people who were indicted that they, they pled guilty. So how can you in our this is where Eric and I get really frustrated on the family meeting about why our justice system is not just because you've got four people of the of the 17 or 18 that were indicted That pled guilty. So that means that the facts of the case and their, all, and all of their involvement is real. Why would you plead guilty? They sat Henry, they sat them down in the room and said, look, dude, here's what you said. Here's what you did. Here's the paper trail. We got you. Okay. There's no question we got you. Right. So what are we going to do? You're going to go to trial, let a jury say you're going to go to jail for 10 years, or you're going to, Plead guilty and go to jail for two years. Your choice, but we got you. Four people did that. That's what was presented to them, and four said, I'm going to take this deal. Two years is better than 10. And again, I don't know the exact amount of years, but my point is they pled guilty. So you can't say that because she had, enough, had a relationship with a member of her, her staff or team, that the facts were tainted by the fact that they slept together because if that's the case it's not congruent I'm a congruent person it's not congruent with the fact that four people said I'm going to plead guilty it can't be politically motivated because that would have to include all the people that were indicted not just Donald Trump or not just one you know uh uh the, the tall lady I can't call her name right now um it, but it would include everybody so I hope, I really, really, really hope that this judge does not allow what I'm going to call white justice to prevail here. And for that judge to say that Fonnie Willis needs to be removed from this case, I really hope that doesn't happen. The number is 773-763-9278. This is Choose Views, and we will be right back.
0: You're listening to Choose View with Richard Chu on WCPT 820, Chicago's Progressive Talk. Hey guys, we're back. Um, thanks for putting up with my um,
1: passion this morning, I guess I can say. Um, the frustration behind the, some things Just you know, obviously, I, I just I needed to lean into that and, and I hope you guys can appreciate that. I'm your champion when it comes to this. I'm going to lean into it. I'll, I'll crack the wall first and then you guys... Um, can follow up on me. So, listen. Um this this funny Willis scenario down in, in uh, Georgia is I. Uh, it's it, the frustration for me is, and as I said about how Eric and Eric Grant and I talk about this on the family meeting. You know, ju- the justice system. The justice system is oftentimes unjust, and I understand that there are rules of engagement when it comes to what prosecutors can and cannot do and should and should not do and ethics versus versus law. And in this case, um, I, I really hope that um, not because I want to see Donald Trump go down. Please understand that. Let me be perfectly clear. He deserves a fair trial just like anyone else does. It ain't about that. It's about the hypocrisy. I said that, you know, I try, I always try to have a center point. You guys know this now. And then I spread out from there. The center point on this is what is actually just? This dude got elected. He's being tried in another state for election fraud. Yet, the same, act, not the same, an action that is about a relationship with somebody, and neither of these relationships are illegal, mind you. You know, they, Donald decided to you know have a side piece. No disrespect, y'all, but that's what it was. Hey, that's his business. That's between he and Melania, and Miss Willis. Uh, decided to have a relationship. These are grown folks, consenting adults, decided to get together. That's their business. I have no problem with that. What I have a problem with is the hypocrisy. And layer into that, the fact that the dude, four people said, Henry Henry and I sat in the interrogation room with them. Henry and I laid out the stuff. And and Henry walked back in and said, Richard, we got some more information. He said, you got to look at this before you put it down yet. We get a little bit more. I was like, Henry, I got I'm about to, I'm about to get him to confess. He's like, no, 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 hold on. We got a little bit more. I was like, all right, Henry, I, I'll, I'll wait. And then Henry, Henry showed me some more stuff. I'm like, oh damn, we're going to put this dude under the jail. <laughs> and then we presented with the option two years, 10 years, what you going to do? And they said, I'll take the two year deal. Cause I did it Four people Again, I'm not trying to bastardize the part of this that's legal. I'm just trying to break it down. Four people said, I'll take the two-year deal. So the evidence and the position from the Trump folks and the other people that are circulating around this that her actions are politically motivated, it doesn't. It just doesn't stack up because why would four people... Say I'm going to take the two-year deal versus the ten-year deal. I'm going to plead guilty. So I'm again. I'm I'm just <clears throat> I'm hoping the judge doesn't doesn't go in that direction of removing her from the case. So all right, guys, uh, we got a couple quick calls. I want to grab before the next break. Uh, let's see. We got Tony calling in. It says Tony. Hey, welcome to to um, to choose It sounds like uh, you got something to say.
6: Hi, Richard. I, Henry. Love your show. Um, As a white guy my whole life, totally agree with everything you just said. 100%
1: spot on. Thank you. Not because you're a white guy your whole life, because I'm your your opposite cousin. I'm a black guy my whole life, so you and I are very similar in that regard. We've been who we are our whole lives. (laughs) My former students used to say I had the soul of a black man anyway. There you go, there you go. Well, so, uh, Tony, talk to me. Tell me more about why you agree with what was stated. What? Tell me. Give me some substance here.
6: Sure, sure. Well, I like facts and, and I like truth and you keep it real. So, our former president Donald Trump very likely had multiple affairs throughout his life. Um, I didn't like you. I didn't really care, as you said, it's between him and Melania. Until I felt about Bill Clinton with Hillary. Yeah. So with uh, funny uh, my my point of view is. She is an adult. Uh, Her lover is an adult. They can make that decision. And I feel for them. Uh, But to throw out this, uh, you know, hey, we're going to toss you out the case, and we might remove every single person that's been working on the case for so long and and dump it. Well, uh, what's going to happen then? Is anybody going to take up
1: this slack? I I, I doubt it. I know what the answer is to that, but keep going.
6: Yeah, I, I doubt it. So if they go in that direction, it's like, oh, my God, we're in the 21st century. 2024 and we're
1: still playing that game and i don't like it i want to I, I want us to move forward yeah tony i mean listen man the, the, the what will again i'm gonna give the i'm gonna give the edited version of it uh basically if that happens and everybody's removed from the case um that's been prosecuting this as i read it and understand it it goes to a committee that then gets to decide on which cases uh the, the that the prosecution the prosecutor's office can take on. They have this in Georgia. They have this rule that the guideline, that's how they handle it. And from what I understand, Tony, if I understood this correctly, there are cases that have been sitting two, three years that this committee has sort of basically put on pause. And, and they, they are, those cases aren't being uh, brought to trial. So once again, it's the stall, it's the delay, it's the, it's the appeal. And, I mean, you got to be as tired of this as I am.
6: Oh, I'm totally tired of it. I, I didn't have to watch much, in, and I taught history and politics most of my career. didn't have to watch much under No Trauma, Obama, and I was pleased about that. <laughs> I've been watching this regularly because we need to be vigilant, and yeah. I'm tired of it. And it's like, come on, uh, everybody sees this. It's very clear. It's very plain. Let's just put the facts out there, and let's see how they settle. It's like my, my cousin twice removed Jack Smith, because that's my last name. Um, <laughs> he's also gone through some of the same stuff, and I'm liking that he's pushing through. Uh, my, my feeling at the end of the day, though, Richard, is that there are so many avenues that Trump's gone down that have been negative, evil, whatever you want to call it, um, just plain wrong um, and breaking the law, uh, that at some point something's going to slap him, and it's going to be like, no, you need to stop.
1: Yeah, That's I, my hope. I'm going to keep it alive. Yeah, I agree. Tony, um, so you're a first-time caller. Where Are you a Chicago guy? Are you in the suburbs? Where are you? No, I'm in Chicago. Cool. You're from I've Chicago? Been Did been- you? Are you born and raised here? Did you move here from another place? No, born and raised my whole life. Cool, cool. I just want to get a little...
6: Um, uh, uh, just a
1: shout-out. I was in East Rogers Park and
6: moved all the way to West Rogers Park. So I never gotten <laughs> out of... Well, that took you a long time to get over there, didn't it? <laughs> it did take me a long time. We were at a park... When I was a kid, called the Indian Boundary, and I said to my mom, can we move over here? And she's like, no, we can't afford the rent. <laughs> and then when I moved over here, I
1: was like, oh, holy cow, this is the same place that we were at. So, <laughs> <laughs> my man. Tony, listen, two things. I I, I got a little nosy because I want to know sure. who's calling us. I'm, I'm thankful and blessed to be able to be here for you guys. And oh, yeah. all I will say is call us back. Challenge me. Um, you know, push push the envelope with us because that's how we grow, as you well know. So, have a super safe you got day. Yeah, I just asked one. What's go ahead, Go Please tell the phone number more frequently and slower. S- say that again.
6: <laughs> please tell your phone number more frequently and a little slower.
1: Oh, okay, I got you. We can handle that. I, I'll I'll make a note to to slow that down a little bit, and I will do it more. I will say it more often. And I, you, you too, man. Have a safe day today. Thank you for calling. What a great guy! Really appreciate his call and slow down. I gotta have a woo moment. The number is seven seven three seven six three nine two seven eight. There we go. So my man Tony, help! Thanks, thanks for the help. I I embrace the compliments and I, as well as I embrace the the observations. I won't say it's necessarily criticism from those who call in. Um, I say this fully. It's a blessing to be able to do this. You, you guys have no idea. I wake up, I go to bed at night thinking about the show and go, okay, let's have a good show tomorrow. I wake up in the morning thinking how off, how awesome it is to be able to do this. I'm your champion, guys. Um, I want to be able to carry this baton across the finish line for next November and beyond. I really do. Um, I, I I'm just excited about what we can get done, and we do it together. You've heard me talk about this as a team, and you heard me talk about we all... Have a, a a place in this in this uh, in this party. So, um, listen. It's interesting. With, 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 uh, the reason I was asking Tony about you know where he's from. He's a Chicago guy. Um, you guys heard me say yesterday. My wife got me this this hat as a Valentine's gift, and I'm wearing it as my my Chicago thing. I'm a Chicago dude. I love our city. I'll say it every day. It ain't perfect, but our our job is not to. I can't. Can we use the B word? I don't know. Um, it, um, it, it's, 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 um, our job is not to just sit back and complain about stuff, y'all. It just isn't. We don't have that luxury anymore. We point out issues, we point out challenges, and, and, and I'm not going to say problems, but then we figure out what's the solution to go forward. And when I think about Chicago, which is why I was asking Tony if he's a Chicago guy, is it's our responsibility to support better policy in the city of Chicago, in the county of Cook, and in the state of Illinois. It's our job, it just is. And to sit back and just complain and whine and be about it, um, B-I-T, you know the rest of the word about it, isn't, it, it, it doesn't work. We have to have the ability to complain and bring up concerns, but then we have gotta look about, look, at, look toward what the solutions could be. I'm an aspirational dude in that space. I'm always thinking about how can we get forward? How can we move forward? What can we make better? What can we, How can we do things to make things better? So that's my, that's my little preachy moment about being forward-thinking. And I think that in the greater scheme of, of progressive politics, that's our opportunity. That's why I lead with the conversation being about we have to reelect President Biden in this, in the, at this time. We have to take advantage of his wisdom and his experience and all the stuff that he forgets. Because he's got so much in his head in the first place, he's been doing this for forty years. Tell me what you what you've forgotten from forty years ago, or from four days ago. I'm sure there's probably a couple things. So, leaning into his age, they have to do that. We have to we have to support his efforts. We have to challenge him, but we have to support his efforts to move him forward. We have to make sure that we get him reelected, Senate, House, State, Governor's Mansions. That's just you know. If I'm going to be here and I'm going to be on this show and, and have the opportunity to work with you, um, I'm going to say that every time I can, because that's my job. That's my responsibility as a pragmatic, progressive uh, thinker. So um, a couple quick things, too, that we want to talk about um, that's that's really got me kind of laughing in a good way, um, that 45 wants to put his daughter-in-law, Laura, in as the head of the, of the uh, RNC. And I hear a lot of people going, oh, my God, this is nepotism. Okay, fine. Whatever it is, it is. I hope he does, because I want to see her make more comments like she did uh, uh, yesterday about she's going to basically lean the RNC fully in his direction. And certainly that means not just effort, but financial, uh, the financial part of the the RNC. She's going to move that, move it in his direction, and then... To me, what's good about that, I hope they do do that. I hope that they do select her. This other guy, and I heard Tom Hartman talk about this person yesterday. Um, uh, I'll come up, I can't think of his name right now, but he was a dude that was a Swift Boat dude with uh, John Kerry. I hope that Laura Trump is one of the co-chairs, or is the co-chair, because it's going to take the veil off and make it obvious that they're going to be streaming money in in Trump's direction. Great. Do that cross the line and break the law and spend some of that money on stuff that they shouldn't go ahead and do that. Cause we know you're going to be tempted to do it at the same time, that money that they're spending to get him further in the election means that down ticket Republican candidates are going to be left out in the cold. So the net result, if that were to happen is that we've got more power, more strength to get those house seats back. So, yeah, go ahead and, and, and select her, pick her as the RNC coach here. I hope he does do it because it will give us something else to talk about that's cogent. And, like I said, it'll suppress those dollars that down ticket candidates would need in some of those tight races. And that's where, as progressives and the and the DNC, Jamie Harrison, need to lean in really hard When if that were to happen, and say, okay, these are the seats that we definitely can pick off. These are the purple. This is he'll say in his mind. He'll go, "There's a guy in Chicago. His name is Richard Chu. He's got this thing called the Purple Plan. I guess we should lean into that because now that the RNC is wasting their dollars on 45, just the top of the ticket, that we should lean into those purple places. That's this is me being aspirational, but yeah, go ahead, put Laura Trump in. Um and um, we, we'll benefit from it. The number 773-763-9278. We've got a couple callers coming in right now. We were going to take a quick break, but I'm going to let Henry grab this quick call because that's kind of how it works here. He can do a lot, but he he can't do everything. So 773-763-9278. This is Choose Views, and we'll be right back.
0: You're listening to Choose View with Richard Chew on WCPT 820, Chicago's progressive talk.
1: We are back and 773-763-9278. Uh, seven, 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 you guys can attribute me slowing down the number and saying it more frequently to my man Tony, who's in uh, uh, Rogers Park, I believe that's what he said. Um, so yeah, before we took the break, I kind of rushed through that. Go ahead and pick Laura Trump. I hope they do. I think it'll be fine. It'll be great to watch. It'll be fun to see the down ticket candidates not getting the dollars that they might need in their tight races. And it provides us with a window to push through and pick up some more House seats. And, you know, like I keep saying, because it's important. Hold on, if not grow the Senate. Uh, Looks like we have a caller. Tristan, here in the Chicago area, I guess. So Tristan, good morning.
7: Hi there. Hey. Good morning. How are you doing?
1: Doing great. What's going on? I'm
7: loving this show. Thank you. I'm loving the show so far. I think it's really, really great what you're doing, and I love the topics you're bringing up. Um, I just wanted to say that with the primaries coming up for local elections, I really want to push on people that uh, our children are our future, and we got to make education our number one issue in this country if we're going to compete with the rest of the world. In, in the next 20, 25 years, I know there's a lot of war and there's a lot of other things going on, but we got to focus on our kids' future. There's some people who graduated in high school during the pandemic and they don't know what to do in college. They don't know how to take these resources that we're giving them.
1: Yeah, Chris, Tristan, um, first of all, thanks for calling. And um, are you, let me make sure I get this right. So, with regard to our schools, I mean, the broad. this is a broad brush statement and a um, broad stroke statement. So help me out a little bit. Um, do you think right now that, as it relates to schools, and, and, and I'm, I can see where your number is, but are you in Chicago or are you in the suburbs? Uh,
7: I'm in Chicagoland. I, I, work, I live in the suburbs and I work in the city.
1: Okay. Are you an educator or are you part of the education system, or what's what's your what's your situation?
7: Not at all. Not at all. I actually work in the film industry. <laughs> ha!
1: Cool. All right. So um, you're right. Our schools. Are, listen. Deep breath, everybody. When it comes to our schools, Tristan, next to our healthcare, that's where we should be dumping a bunch of money. And then I know that that's a that's a loosey goosey statement. So nobody get upset with me for saying it that way. But I'm riding with Tristan on this. We have to put all of our effort into educating all of our students as equitably as we can, because. They're not just our future, Tristan. And I'm not correcting you. I'm just saying there, there are there are now.
7: Yeah, exactly. I, mean, I have I have a little sister. You know, she's trying to work a full time job, and she, she dropped out of college. She's she's scared for her future, but she didn't get that chance. She didn't get her junior year and her senior year of high school. It got taken away from her. Yeah, you know. So there's kids out there who are are now are, are, they are our our adults, our young adults, and they don't know what to do.
1: I know, and and so that gets into a bigger kind and I want I want you to to help us lean into this from a topic standpoint as it relates to our education and our funding and the cost of college and the co- held the cost of of uh some of the private schools that are that are high schools I mean you know it's a it's not a complicated – this is the thing a lot of times issues get complicated because people's self-interest get too involved rather than looking at broader interest If we, if we, you know, we have a stronger base of education. I'm a foundation guy, as I said before. The foundation is making sure from, you know, K through 12 is squared away for everybody. Across the board. Exactly. If it's squared away from the moment that that child hits school, kindergarten or first grade. that that, that score And we really
7: gotta push into to public community college, you yeah. know? Oh. free free community colleges.
1: Tristan, do you remember President Obama ta- and I've talked about this on the family meeting, but do you remember when President Obama he got just taken to the woodshed that's a bad that's a bad way to put that. He,
5: got, he
1: <laughs> I apologize, y'all. I'm sorry. He got he got truly, truly just you know, talked about because he said we should invest more in our junior colleges and our community colleges. But there it, are but some it wonderful sense.
7: professors at our junior colleges who are not getting the resources that they need to teach our students
1: without a doubt. And, and, uh, and it's, it's frustrating uh, because that's a that's a good stop and stopgap not the right word. But you know what I'm saying? It's a good um, um, bridge. Word is bridge that gets that that guy or that gal coming out of high school that doesn't want to go to a four year college, can't afford to go. Financially and time-wise, whatever else, but dang it, they can go get that 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 associate's degree, or they can get that additional mm-hmm. education, and they may not need to go to a four-year college to be highly mm-hmm. impactful in our in our in our community in our in, in, our, econo- and in our economy. Got to slow down. Tony wants me to slow down a little bit. So, (laughs) Tristan, um, I really appreciate your call on this. And so I'm going to kind of make you the, the unofficial, let's talk about education caller. You can bring it. You You got it. You can call in anytime you want to, to talk about education. You can bring topics, you can query because it's important. I'm, I'm, I'm a product of having gotten a reasonable education. So I don't sleep on that. And I
7: got one, one more thing to say before I, before I hang up any wonderful show. Um, I know that the November election this year is very important, but I really, really want to make sure that the listeners know we have local elections coming up. You have local representatives who are trying to reach out to you. Pick up the call. Put in the poll. Like, you need to act on, on the things that they need to.
1: Yeah, that, that you're right. That goes back to what I've said many times about a local, regional, state, and, and national, it all works together. It has to, it's like an accordion. It's got to an in and out, in and out. And that's where we are. So yes, guys, pay attention to what Tristan just said about our local elections, particularly when it comes to what's happening with uh, not just the mayor's race or things of that nature, but I'm talking about things that affect the schools. Um, and we'll be leaning into that. We got so much to cover, guys. And I apologize. Tristan, thanks for, for calling in. We got so much to cover And there's so many ways to cover it. And I apologize if I don't hit um, everything, every show, but I'm going to do my best to make sure that, that I lean into things. I take notes when someone calls in and says, Hey Richard, what about this? Or someone calls in and and has a, a thought about something, you know, what you guys don't know is between that moment and the next show, I'm steady looking up information in that, in those areas. I know a lot, believe me, I do, but I don't profess to know all of this stuff. I'm passionate about all of it, but I don't know all of it, know all of it. So my passion drives me to find out a little bit more and to be, as Eric Grant says, intellectually curious. Okay? Um, I wanna make sure that I kinda tee up something for tomorrow. We have a guest calling in tomorrow that you guys have have, um, heard on our show before, or or at least heard on on the station before. Uh, Natalie Ziemba, who is a newly elected uh, city councilwoman up in um, in Woodstock. And she is also a champ, a progressive champion. Um, she's got some great organizations that she's involved with, and I'll let her talk about that tomorrow. But she'll be on the air with us tomorrow morning, probably in the uh, 6.30 to 7-hour uh, time slot. So just FYI, Henry, she's going to be calling in. I'll make sure she's got the, the warm line or the green line number. Uh, but Natalie's going to be with us tomorrow to talk about some issues that are happening up in her area and some of the greater issues that we cover here. Uh, as you guys know, um, tomorrow is Friday, so we're going to have a good day. We've got some cool things to talk about, some things that are happening with, um, some of our companies that we all follow that I want to, I want to, um, bring up. And then, um, we may or may not have any, some decisions on 45 and his trials, um, and the things that, 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 uh, he's dealing with. And and let's hope that the judge in in uh, in Atlanta uh, decides that the evidence that caused four people to plead guilty is stronger than the fact that Funny Willis and uh, had a relationship with an with another adult, and that this is not a politically motivated but evidence based um, uh, prosecution and indictments. So as you guys know, coming up next is the Stephanie Miller show. So shout out to Stephanie and all of her guests. Uh, and then we've got Tom Hartman and the great Joan Esposito and the wonderful Patty Vasquez to kind of round out the day. That's our WCPT lineup. And of course me and my man, Henry leading the way with two views each morning. We're so happy to be here with you guys. But as we wrap up the show today, I want to poke a little bit of fun at somebody that needs to be fun poked at. Um, and we can, we can get into depth about this or not, but um, Marjorie Greene's got to go. This is a person that talks about decorum and talks about how things should be done in Congress and how, the, how you know con- uh, Congress has lost its luster, blah, 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 and other words that have come out of her mouth. She is acting like, I'm not going to say she is, but I'm going to say she's acting like a vile, disgusting human being. And I guess you can't really put those in the same violent, disgusting human being, a violent, disgusting human being. The way that she lashed out at Jasmine Crockett, the way that she lashed out last week at uh, Representative uh, Jamie Raskin and the way that she told David Cameron. Live, not Memorex, to kiss her back end yesterday when asked by a reporter what she thought about his comments about funding for Ukraine that's a vile and disgusting person that the, the, the folks in her district have chosen to elect to Congress. She needs to go, and it's going to be left to the people in her district. She might be there for a long time because they're going to keep, you know voting her in because that district is not going to find a better person, And she's got the money to fund her reelection time and time again. So the solution is, we got to take back the house. So we can shut her behind up. That's the solution, y'all. Yeah. Got to take back the house. Got to do it now. The number seven seven three seven six three nine two seven eight. This has been Choose Views. And I slowed it down for my man, Tony. You guys have a great day today. We will see you tomorrow. Have a wonderful Thursday.